0: We've got a, a more diverse set of perspectives than ever, and, and that that's really cool, you know, in, both in terms of, of age and, you know, the, the angles that our people are taking on how to solve problems in the industry and just life perspectives. And it's, uh, it's really cool.
1: This is the Insurance Technology Podcast, where we bring interesting people from across the insurance ecosystem to discuss and debate technology's impact on the industry. Join us each episode for insights and best practices from industry stewards and tomorrow's innovators.
2: All right. Well, unbeknownst to Reed, we have taken over his podcast again, Um, and I have welcomed back uh, Mike Albert, who is uh, no stranger to these takeovers. So Mike, thanks for for coming in today and uh, helping us to do this podcast.
0: What's up, Kristen? Yeah, anytime. Unbeknownst because he's got his feet up in Key West or something.
2: <laughs> Probably at this time of year, um, I would be in totally. Key West if I okay. had
1: a house. all be so lucky.
2: <laughs> so the reason that we decided to do this is um, Mike has was recently on a panel at an industry event on the future of commercial lines. I would as characterize
0: a, it as as the panel. The panel. Not a panel. Actually, P. you know, we we P. had some. Uh,
2: some heavy hitters on that panel. You're telling me. Although I think my favorite part was just the the age uh, demographics uh, across. I mean, we had – what was it when you guys were talking about the, the concerts? We had someone that went to Live Aid and <laughs> all the way to someone who wasn't even born during Live Aid. Yeah,
0: well, that no, wasn't even Live Aid. What did I say? I think I said uh... – I, I said my first concert was Metallica in 1992, the Black Album tour, and, and Raghav was like, "Oh, was New Born in 1992." I'm like, "You got to be kidding me, dude!"
2: <laughs> so, so we we, we covered the game in terms of generations that are in, totally. in, in the insurance totally. industry, which which I think is good because you know everybody is the the future of commercial lines is going to involve everybody, those that have been around and uh, those that are coming up into the industry, right? So,
0: totally. Hey, and that's I mean, not for nothing. Like, I you know, both of us have been around the industry a while, like that is kind of a, you know, a relatively new trade. I think, you know, we, we've got we've got a, a more diverse set of perspectives than ever. And, and that that's really cool, you know, in both in terms of, of age and, you know, the, the angles that are people are taking on how to solve problems in the industry and just life perspectives. And it's uh it's really cool. Yeah, it is.
2: I, I definitely again like I know you said the panel, but the I, panel. it is definitely one of my favorites that I've sat in just because of the the different perspectives. You know, we had agent, carrier, technology provider, but then just the the different you know demographics that we. I can put use. an
0: asterisk next to the panel, like the panel. If you're into commercial lines connectivity, you know, <laughs> kind of a niche audience, but whatever.
2: <laughs> so, one of the first topics that you guys took on and. um, You know, we we kind of, we went off in some different areas, but one of the first topics that came up was, um, you know, how the commercial distribution experience has changed. And, you know, I know that you were part of the conversation, but, you know, what do you, what do you think has, has changed and where we're going?
0: Well, Certainly a lot has changed. It's certainly more tech-enabled than it than it's ever been. But that being said, anybody doing it every day knows how many gaps are still out there. And that was an interesting part of our conversation, that uh, we get some new stuff, you know, some, some great stuff out there. Raghav and his team at Tarmica, for example, um, have done some fantastic things in the commercial lines, quoting side. But there's still so many gaps. There's so much to do. And that's where the panel discussion went.
3: Now we will get down to the, the topic at hand. So... Let's talk about commercial lines. And before we dive into the the roadmap or where we're going and the future, I'd love to just hear from the folks here on the panel about kind of where we've come from, really, or how how far we've come along. So, uh, in the past five years, uh, in your perspective, and I'll start uh, with with Donna here. Um, how do you feel that commercial distribution experience has changed, and what ex- what improvements really has the industry made? In, in the more recent years.
4: Um I would say there's a lot of of new technologies, you know, the market appetite, your ask Kodiak, you know, adding Tarmica in there. Uh the that whole experience has really improved the commercial lines. You know, I've worked with real time back when it first came out in 1998 and where it is today it's kind of like it's there for inquiries, but for the rating, it just never really worked right. So I think we're finally in the right direction for commercial lines and then adding, of course, Indio in there, too, for the more complex submissions uh, and having that capability.
3: How about you, Ray?
5: Sure. I think uh, the way I look at it is the improvements have been kind of on the the new business side uh, and, in particular, kind of the sharing of information or data between parties. Um, you know, rating platforms have seen more and more carriers actually uh start to be interested um so i do think there has been some incremental improvements i do think there's a long way to go um particularly around classification and question sets and things like that as as we tend to clutch onto our underwriting guidelines and things and haven't quite moved the needle as much as i think is needed to deliver a customer experience that you know all of our customers are expecting from us
3: anybody else have anything to add there not enough uh,
0: <laughs> not you know, enough so long, so we've got a long way to go you know so so yeah we've made some inroads as you said mostly on the 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 new business side but man there's so much opportunity to do better in commercial lines and that's that's uh it's both a reason for frustration and excitement i mean there's there's work to be done
4: uh i i would say probably you know we're we're getting there pretty good with the small commercial lines it's when we're getting into the larger type of markets, um, it's still a struggle. It's still very manual. Uh, You know, trying to get downloads on those large ones just don't seem to work right. Being able to send those submissions, there has to be some improvement for those large markets. And I'm not sure what the answer is, but I think that's a, a next step of something that needs to be worked on.
5: I think just to build upon it, I think you look at two things. It's friction and efficiency, right? So it's the friction that you create for your customer Uh, Whether it's the long applications, additional supplementals, whatever it may be Mm -hmm. that they're having to try to gather all this information for you, some of which is, you know, publicly available or not. Um, But, you know, just the kind of rekeying of all that information in, and then the efficiency within your agency to both place um, to handle renewals and, and service these accounts, I think. I think that's the part that I'm most excited to see. What comes next is more on the servicing and the actual kind of life cycle of a policy. Uh, It's easy to focus on that new business. It's kind of the sexy stuff that everyone wants to kind of uh, go at first. Uh, But for your operations, really, it's going to be like how well can you actually service that customer and how efficient can you be doing that, particularly as you get smaller and smaller in terms of size of risk, which you know, ultimately is a very large segment, um, of businesses in America are really fitting into that small micro space.
2: All right. So next topic that I, I think you had actually said you were very passionate about, and it's interesting cause I had not thought about the, the, the NAICS as a, a topic, but after that panel, the amount that we have actually gotten, you know, um, questions or requests or how do we use it and why do we use it actually seem to be almost highlighted now that, uh, since we've come back. And maybe it's just I wasn't hearing it before, be, before the panel. But, you know, I guess where I wanted to ask you is why, <laughs> one, why are you so passionate about the NAICS stuff? And then how is your passion, if you will, helping us to, to make the the process better?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that is sad. That I'd be passionate about class codes, but there's, <laughs> look, there's nothing in commercial lines more important than characterizing the business correctly. Cause in doing so, you're, you're setting yourselves up to really understand the risk that you're taking on as an insurer or that you're, uh, you know, that you're helping a customer with as an agent. And so all of it's got to fall in line. And so for so long, the industry has always thought of class codes in a couple of different ways, like on the front of an accord form, there's a box for a sick code or a NICS code. and... You know, you get down into a specific line of business. And there might be line of line of business specific codes. Like they're this weird, like complexity slash like just thing you got to fill out. But if you're thinking about trying to do things differently and more elegantly, if you are able to classify something uh, in an industry agnostic way, at the top, there's a lot that can happen from better marketing to customers. Um, better at cross-selling to customers, understanding the full profile so we can get them the right lines of business, and more efficient and more streamlined underwriting. So I always think of it, the underwriting process, like dominoes. And you know, if you set that first domino up as classification and get it to fall correctly, um, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And that means using modern class codes. That's why we like Nakes. It's new. It replaced SICK. The industry still uses a lot of SICK, but SICK hasn't changed in a lot of years. And we talked about that on the panel.
2: Yeah, that it was uh, it was new during live age.
0: <laughs> yeah, precisely, exactly. Nakes is kind of a hot topic for me. It's it's one of these these things I could talk about all day. Nakes and sick. Fun fact: I don't know how much of the insurance industry realizes sick codes ended in 1987. A lot of people know this, but a lot of people don't. They haven't been updated since 1987. And if you think about how much the world has changed, the, the economy has changed. Since 1987, it's really remarkable. Like if Raghav even,
5: wasn't even born.
0: Raghav wasn't even born. <laughs> if it, and like, I
4: was still recovering from Live Aid. There you go,
0: right. Discovered <laughs> covered in cherry Coke. Um, so what that ends up meaning, again, soapbox topic for me, is it like so much in sick land falls into these NOC, not otherwise classified codes. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the choir. You guys all know this. Which means that carriers don't know what they're on the hook for, and agents have poorly classified risks out of necessity. And so... One of the things that we've really focused on doing in Ask Kodiak is building out a model. For those of you that are familiar with it, we use the NAICS model. We keep NAICS up to date. It gets incremented every five years. Again, I told you I'm excited about this topic. And we get all the way down to the sub-description level underneath the six-digit code. So we get very, very prescriptive. That's really important because it allows our carrier partners to be very specific. You know, Ray's got products on there.
2: So I think something that came up during the panel, and I think every time you talk about uh, commercialized distribution, it does come up is, you know, it seems like there's a lot of focus on small commercial, however you define small commercial. And so we started getting questions from the audience about, you know, what about mid to large size commercial and,
0: and how can we help there? We can do a lot. We can do a lot. So it's a very different workflow. It's a much more collaborative workflow, and and the panel had some some good discussion on this. Ray had some uh, Ray had some important thoughts about some of the things going on in mid market. He's touched it a lot. Um, there's no reason we we can't uh, do more there, but more means something different than it does in small commercial where small commercial. You know, is sort of like super homeowners or super personal lines. Mid-market, large-market commercial tend to be more uh, bespoke risks, higher degree of collaboration, more complexity in the underwriting process. Automation, um, you know, largely doesn't. It means workflow. It means it means better collaboration, more secure ways of of sending things back and forth, keeping track of status, making sure this this like complex work that a team of people who are distributed across a variety of organizations do together um, is packaged up in a way that makes sense.
3: All right. Now we're having a few questions coming in around mid to large commercial. So um, Susan had asked, what about mid-sized to large-sized commercial? Any plans to create a rating platform for that? We don't have a small book or or a large book, I should say, for small commercial. And um, I'll, I'll do a quick answer from the Ivan side, and I'd love to hear from the panel here too. But I know that this is an area where the, the, the carriers that we've been talking with are really trying to think through how how should this work you know how do we build this out how do we really um, facilitate sort of the the movement of the the um, the risk if it's if it starts small but then it actually ends up being more of a mid or do we just call it all risk? So I think there's a lot that needs to be thought out there, but there's definitely a lot of interest and a lot of um, movement in that direction both on the applied side and also Ivan's and the carriers so I'd be interested to hear from others on the panel just as far as where, you know, you you I, your perspective on on building out rating more for the mid as well.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we've noticed with mid-market is that it's the, the base question set for small, mid, and large essentially remains untouched. It's the same. We need to collect the same initial data points to quote a mid-market account. So through Tarmica, for example, we're starting to see some larger accounts be quoted, um, we get premiums up to you know two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, but that doesn't cover all your mid market. That's really your vanilla mid market business. You
2: know, we're we're taking the, the the Cliff Notes version of this panel, but I think one of the important topics that that was taken on, and we you know definitely put it on on Donna as the the broker on the panel. But I think we all are impacted by it, and it's the change management. It's the pushback from the agent. It's the ability to get technology, whether it's adopted by the agency or adopted by the carrier, you know, to really get, change those processes. And I guess, where have, I guess, one, have you seen things that have helped to get that, to get adoption? Or have you seen, you know, or uh, on the flip side, things that you know, you've seen happen that if we fixed, could make adoption a lot better.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and they're they're sort of one and the same. the 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 key, the key thing here is it can't just be change for change's sake. Um, if you if you go at the highest level, an agency is trying to make money every day. You know, right? They're trying to be efficient in what they're doing. They're trying to help their customers. Um, so, if the new stuff, just you know, the, the change helps them do that, which is to say, be more profitable and be more responsive to their customer base, there's a built-in incentive to use it. It, it Adoption helps flush out the good stuff from the mediocre stuff really fast. Because if you're adding value, uh, you're an inevitability.
3: And maybe, Donna, you can share with, with your experience uh, in in trying to help push change over time, what would you recommend to the agencies who don't necessarily see all of their carriers in, in the platform today?
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you've got to reach out to them. The, the more people that reach out to the carriers and keep asking is the only way that we can get to the next level. I know I've spent my half my career just dealing with carriers, trying to get them to use all of the latest technologies. And unless they hear it from all their agents, they go, oh, you know, I don't hear this enough. So they don't move forward with it. Meanwhile, everybody does want it. They're just not hearing it. So we need to keep our voices loud for whatever we need. And that's the only way we're going to go to the next level.
5: Quickest way to get their attention is to start deprioritizing them because they won't play ball. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That's you're going to get a reaction very quickly then uh, when they see production or something like that. Dip not always easy to do. um, But, you know, you run your agency the way and you work with the partners that are willing to help you uh, become more efficient.
3: All right. Well, now let's talk about, uh, I think, a, an interesting topic when it comes to introducing new technology, which I know people have been talking about commercial lines, quoting and improving that process over the years. But I think we're still in the in relatively new state as far as you know, driving adoption across the industry. Donna, what are your thoughts as far as the importance of change management in the agency to get a new technology like Tarmica adopted and used within the agency so you can see that success and it becomes really part of your day-to-day workflow. What have you done at your agency and what would you recommend to those out there as well?
4: Yeah, this is this is a hot topic at my agency right now because we are just bringing all of our agents onto Epic. We went our first go live in August and we're bringing them over every month. And we're trying to get them to use everything that they possibly can as far as downloads, as far as quoting, whatever. And we bought everything you can buy from Applied. So um, we've got Indio in there. We, we've got it all. And it's a lot of it, it's each of the offices that we're dealing with. It's a top-down approach. If we cannot get the agency president to say, yes, you have to do this, it's not going to work. Uh, I ran into a situation with one of our agencies that didn't like one of the commercial lines downloads. So they said, turn them all off because we turned everybody on for commercial download. Well, I, they were a big agency, so we had to make them happy and I turned it off temporarily. I'll never do that again. Uh, but it, it came from the top. The top person was complaining and it just continued like a cancer through the whole office. And you have to have the top to say no you know, if there's an issue, let's address it. Let's work on correcting it. Let's work with the carrier if there's an issue, but don't turn off technology, turn on everything you can. Because the more you use things, the more you find if there is a problem, let's get it taken care of. If you just say, I'm just not going to do it, then we can't get it resolved in the industry. So I just say top-down approach, everyone has to be engaged and that will make things more successful.
3: So has anybody else experienced the sort of the frustration or pushback when you're trying to introduce a new technology in your agency? And um, I see some nodding heads. Has anybody done anything different or had a, sort of a different experience or outcome than, than what Donna shared here? You just have to kind of push it along and, and top-down approach is the best way to get it. Yeah. Okay.
4: Oh, and I'll, I'll add testing. Test, test, test. Um, I always say that any new technology, don't just roll it out, test it with a small group, but before you have, you know, a whole bunch of people trying to use something and it doesn't work right, maybe there's, there's a glitch or something in there, test it.
3: And Ray, has, has there been anything that you've done from a, from your point of view as a carrier, just to help push that or create awareness among your agencies?
5: I don't know if there's anything that I've actually done. There's a few things that I've learned and I would say it's patience, um, I would like to think that it's like you flip a switch and everyone's great and and everything's fine and it never works that way. Um, Even in a startup um, where, you know, you feel like you're going a million miles an hour, um, things can move slowly, too. Uh, I think it's just the nature of the industry in some sense and just the nature of humans in general. Uh, So having that patience and just kind of iterating to get there and not you know selling it as like the end all be all perfect solution for everything that you have to do um but having it more focused at like this is a solution for this specific task like you know rating or whatever it may be uh that's generally where you get a little bit better adoption or better usage you're always going to have people that won't um and then that's when sometimes you have to maybe turn off the old way that they did it right like you're in the stick type deal
2: the last one, which I, it, you know, for someone sitting in the audience, we probably could have gone on for <laughs> uh, for for a long time after the panel. But you know, we started to talk about the importance of data. Um, but because of the importance of data, the the whole topic of standardization came up, and how do you allow for data to work? And I guess you know, so this this panel itself was you know. Earlier this year, I guess, is there any additional things that you would add to the, the standardization or the, the feelings that around standardization that the industry should be thinking about, um, to add color to that piece of the, the discussion, (laughs)
0: the, the, you know, the the discussion was interesting because, because we really, we talked about, we talked about standards and I think I made the counterpoint that, that, you know, standards aren't necessarily even all that great. We, uh, I say that coming from from the experience of having built software on insurance standards for a long, long time, and you know, really good documentation of uh, a non quote unquote standard solution is generally just as good. What what you what you find in insurance again, we go into this in the panel is that it tries to serve too many masters these standards, and as such you know, can't accommodate everything, but also accommodates everything in flexible ways so that it sort of falls apart as a standard. So I'm of the mind that good documentation is, uh, is as good or better as a standard, but we had some good discussions about this.
1: So, someone asked about the accord standard, or are they going to move to put everything into an a, what's collected in accord form? I think there does need to be a standard. There needs to be some standard of data that everyone's collecting the same types of information, the same, you know, quality of information, let's say, but that definitely involves a lot of data sharing and uh, that involves agencies and carriers alike working together to make sure that they have insights into everything. So I think that's one thing that's not really solved in our industry yet. And, you know, data is a buzzword and everyone talks about it, but we actually need to start sharing additional information and working together to find out how we can make this all connect and work properly.
0: I'm going to go counterpoint. I think good documentation is better than a standard, because I think what we've heard you know, a couple of times here, number one is that we need a knowledge base about some of these download issues. It's a really good idea, and that gets into this notion of when you actually start to look at commercial lines data of any reasonable complexity, even the standards that you got to do this around the standards, because there's equally valid ways to do things that both adhere to the standard, but they're different, so that's what actually ends up leading to these issues and download Mm -hmm. cool it was okay to put this coverage here by the standard but it's also okay to put it here but the management system's looking for it and position c all of them are valid to the standard yeah another passionate topic by the way uh good documentation is i think really really important and that's that's an area where where i'm hearing a lot clear that we've got you know some work to do and some things to uh to do better as an industry around just communicating with each other better about how things work so that we can accommodate them
4: my final word is, SEMSI is not dead. I know I have hear that over and over again. There's no more SEMSI. No, it is. It, it, it's still valid, 100%. That's what we need. And everyone needs to, in this room, to continue with your voices on asking for a better process. Because it's still, it's still not where it needs to be. And it never will be unless we continue the fight.
3: And Donna, can you spell that out
4: maybe for those who may not know? Single-entry multi-company interface. And I actually had a website, SEMC.org, that we had like in 1999. I administered it and then it died. But it's, <laughs> it's really not dead. But, you know, that's what we need. We want to have one way to do something. Not every carrier has it a different way. Everybody has to do things differently. We want it one way. You know, we may be independent agents doing things differently, but as far as data transmission goes, it should be one
3: way. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We appreciate your time. So I
2: definitely think that there's lots of topics that we could, you know, expand upon that came out of this uh, future of commercial lines. So Speaking of the the future, um, this is probably one of the the last episodes for 22 to go out um, from the podcast. As you look to 2023 in the uh, near future of commercial lines, is there anything that you're hoping to see happen?
0: We, our team at Applied Ivans, have. Uh... Or how to, how to, I need an elegant analogy here. I think we've like loaded a lot of food onto our like buffet plate in Las Vegas <laughs> in terms of, uh, um, Mass Kodiak and Tarmica and IDP and the things we're doing with Epic Quotes commercial lines. And what's really cool to see is it's all starting to work. And I think you're going to see more of that in 2023. We as a company, and I'm not trying to be like a, you know, company guy here for this answer, but. I, you know, direct perspective into it, uh, you're going to see this stuff starting to click together and that's, that's meaningful. Um, that's why we've, that's why we've done all this. I think more broadly as an industry, um, you know, we're far past the point where folks recognize the need for, you know, digital connectivity. I almost like, it's cheesy saying digital, but like, like that's the way you do business these days. Like, everything's got to be real time on the internet, hooked up APIs and that's all happening now. It's all real. Uh, and it's all coming together uh, for 2023, 2024, even 2022. Like, it is happening. It's happening right now.
2: And uh, to, those, to those listening, uh, come back for new episodes in 2023.
1: Thanks, Mike. There it is. See you next year. The Insurance Technology Podcast is a production of Ivan's. Visit Insuretechpod.com to contact us. Suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming show and subscribe to be notified when our latest podcast is available. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. It's where you can also leave us a rating and a review that helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening.